Hello, my name is Maddie. And I'm Hannah. We are reading Partners in Crime. We investigate a real-life case using advice from murder mystery authors. We review a book, find the sleuthing tips, and hopefully solve the case. Welcome to the unsolved case of the missing salmon. Let's crack on. Let's crack on with the show. Crack on with the show. Hi, Maddie. Hello. And also, hello to our guest. Hello. <laughs> so, um, we have a guest on the show today, but confusingly, fans of the show might remember a previous episode where we had friend of the show, Rose, on, on with us. I believe it's season two, episode three. Could be wrong. But we actually have another friend of the show rose on with us today just a different rose i would say that in modern or general parlance han would refer to previous friend of the show rose as her rose and i would refer to this rose as my rose so it also strangely both university pals confusing but nonetheless this is a unique rose rose do you want to introduce yourself Hello, I'm Rose. I'm wondering if all of your friends of the show are called Rose. Have there been other? We had friend of the show Dave once. Ah. So no. And we also had friend of the show Helen, but not, confusingly, not our friend Helen. Uh, Helen, which is Han's mum. You could bring in second friend of the show Helen then. An option down the line. An option down the line. If she's listening, get in touch. But it's quite sort of mystery, isn't it? Having sort of doubles. People who have the same name. Although I don't have a Dave in my in my circle, except for my granddad, David, who I suspect won't be interested. In that could be a new resolution for you, Maddie, to go and find a Dave, Thank make Dave. him a friend of the show and bring him yeah. on. I'm on the hunt for a Dave. If there's anyone out there who thinks you might be friends with me, get in touch. Do you want to say anything else about yourself? What should I say? Whatever you like. What kind of things do other people say? um what? like how do we know each other maybe um your your route to mystery oh that's nice have yeah. you previously liked mystery what's your favorite maybe you hate mystery and maybe you hate it and that's fine too this episode is gonna have an unexpected feel to it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like aggressive tone i hate all mystery um, so, well, firstly, thank you so much for having me. This feels like a real privilege and an honour. I am very touched to be here. Um, so I met Maddie on my first day at university. She was the first person I met and saw when I arrived at our beautiful university halls. Um, and uh, I, this podcast feels very... Um, I feel very fond of it because I used to listen during the pandemic when I really missed seeing Maddie. So it was my kind of connection to to Maddie at that time. I wouldn't talk to her. So <laughs> <laughs> well, it was particularly when I escaped lockdown two and went to Porto for yeah. six weeks and um, felt very far away from home. Um, I uh, I thoroughly enjoy a mystery, but I wouldn't say I um seek them out necessarily but I'm very much a book a, a book fan and a, a reader and actually I would say Maddie has got me onto many mysteries in her time but also when I was first listening to your podcast I was reading along with it which I loved um I would always do the cleaning and listen to the podcast uh, but also enjoy tv mystery film mystery 
bring it on also quite enjoy a true crime podcast um so yeah d- delighted to be here also i really thought temporarily that you meant bring it on was just like a <laughs> film that you liked <laughs> which I it mean, is <laughs> i stand by that bring it on maybe the best film of all time ah uh rose there in your intro you actually provided a lovely link into today's book that you may or may not have been aware of but you and Mads obviously met at university and today's book focuses on a group of friends a group of students at St Andrews who are placed in a a terrible situation which the book then explores perfect perfect link yeah, that's a pretty pro, isn't it? Actually, I, I surprised myself there. Yeah. Um, how do you want to introduce the book, Han? Should, should yes, go ahead. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. Well, this episode we've been reading *The Distant Echo* by Val McDermott, who fans might remember is one of our queens of crime. So we've read previously uh, just the one, actually, Val McDermott, I believe, on the show, and that was. Booked for murder. Booked for murder. Glad you're here. Uh, which was back in season three, let's say. Hmm. Uh, look it up. And uh, we really enjoyed it. We thought she was fabulous. We particularly liked, I believe, her uh, main character, I want to say, her detective. Liz Gordon, who's a journalist. And this is a, uh, well, I believe this was your choice, Han, this read. So do you want to give a bit of background? As to why? Yes. <laughs> so, as everyone knows, or maybe you will know by this point, season six, we are travelling around the world through the medium of mystery. And each episode, we will be visiting a different country. So today, the country... Books, not actually visiting. We wish. But that would really, you'd really rack up some travel expenses if you were like, we're going to record in a different country. <laughs> but if we were recording in today's country, it would be the rather beautiful Scotland. So we are in Scotland. And uh, to be more precise, most of the action takes place in St Andrews and the, the surrounding area. Now, I chose... This book of Mal by Val Mal, who's Mal? Mal McDermott. <laughs> <laughs> because it is the first of the Karen Peary series. And I'm sure we'll talk about the the character of Karen later in today's episode. But I watched the TV version, thought it was fantastic, and thought, let's read the book. So normally, after a intro of this, is why we picked the book, blah blah, blah um, I'd say, well, okay, thanks for that, Han. What do what did you think? But seeing as we have a guest, it seems only fair that our guest goes first. I would also say, um, in terms of uh, in- inviting Rose onto this episode, we were happy, to, we're keen, not just happy to, keen to have Rose on for this season. But particularly, we picked this episode because I know Rose, you've recently been to Scotland, so I thought it might be a nice. Um, combining of your time and passions I don't know <laughs> uh, so yeah what did you think 
Glorious. So yeah, as you said, Maddie, you told me we would be reading this book when I was on holiday in Scotland. I must say that the Scotland I was experiencing, which was kind of out of this world heatwave on the Outer Hebrides, doesn't feel much like the Scotland represented in this book, which felt mainly kind of snowy, rainy, and often nighttime. But uh, I was very, very gripped by the book. I thought that um, it was very suspenseful. It had that kind of page turner-ness to it. And I felt like I really got to know the characters. And actually, I, I read it quite a few weeks ago, but actually some of the characters have really stuck with me. So, oh, I'm not going to be able to remember their names, but the son of the murdered woman really stuck with me as like a, a, a yeah, I just thought they painted the characters really well and really richly. And the twist, which I won't give away, but the twist of who did it, whoa, that that came out of nowhere. Yeah, so I was going to ask you, because obviously, because I watched the TV version, so I knew the twist that was coming. So as I was reading, I was like, oh, yes, I see a little clue there. Um, but uh, Rose, did you, you know, you said like, whoa, so were you really surprised? Were there any little hints along the way? So for me, it was that kind of perfect thing of like peppering in hints so that later you could think, oh, yeah, that thing. Um, but also peppering them in and kind of enough later on that you started to work it out as the characters were working it out. Mm. And for me, it felt like there were two twists. So oh. you had this kind of endless suspense built up and this real fear about what this son was doing and the very present day danger that all of the four men were in. Well, eventually two men were in. And it really felt to me like there were two twists. One was that it was the police officer who killed her in the beginning but also that he was then killing, actively killing the four men and attacking them outside their houses. Um, so, yeah, for me, that really did come as a shocker. I also had another moment of like, whoa, um, quite early on where the police person, Barney McLennan, yeah. falls off the Barney. cliff to his death. So oh. there were so many deaths as a result of that first murder. The things I missed with the book was it felt incredibly male heavy for a book that was written by a woman and that the in theory was a kind of female lead detective. And I did feel that there was some, well, there was some language in it that felt kind of sexist, a bit victim blaming and fat phobic. And I struggled to work out if that was very consciously done on the writer to portray a character as sexist, fat phobic or victim blaming, or if it was just their writing, but regardless, I didn't feel like it was necessary. Mm. I also felt like sometimes they did slightly overdo it on the suspense. I, I wrote a, a, little, a little section down to demonstrate this. It felt like they'd really thought about uh, building suspense in a murder mystery. So here's the little section I've, I've written down. Alex saw him out. He stood on the doorstep and watched the police car nose out of the drive and into the street. He wondered who was out there in the dark, watching for, this, for his moment. A shiver ran through him, but not from the cold night air. <laughs> and that up. 
<laughs> I I really enjoyed but did feel quite hammed up. So yes, that that would be my summary. An excellent summary. Thank you for sharing. Um, Han, do you want to go next? Well, I would agree. And even though I knew the main twist, I had actually forgotten that he went on the killing spree as well. And I can't remember with the TV show, but they do they do make quite a lot of changes. But one of the big changes they make is it's a daughter. It's Rosie's daughter um, rather than a son. And I think that in the TV version, she is actually the killer. And then, so in the TV version, you sort of have the the tragedy that she's then going to go to prison. Why make that change? Why make the change? That's such a big uh, change to fundamentals of the yeah. story. So the reason, part of the reason I chose the book was the TV version is all about Karen Peary and it's all about her experience as a uh, woman on on the force. Um, there's a suggestion that Lawson only gives her the case because he thinks she's going to be rubbish because she's a woman, she's not going to manage it. And then she defies expectation and uh, manages to to solve the case and she is actually the one oh maddie this is kind of a spoiler for the show is the tv show is that okay yeah 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 okay um she is actually the one who confronts lawson uh rather than alex gilby so i thought that was going to be in the book so when i was reading i was like when is Karen Peary going to get here? And then, you know, there's the bit where she's in the um, pub with the other police officer who, and they're at, they actually uh, in the TV show are very close friends. Uh, and I was like, yes, the Karen Peary section is beginning. So I was like, duh, 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 duh. And then it was a couple of pages and then yeah. she was gone for another like <laughs> 70 pages. And then she popped up again briefly at the end um and then she doesn't even appear in person to update them on the investigation they're just like oh and Karen rang us how everything had happened um so that that for me was arguably the third twist (laughs) (laughs) the mystery of the missing detective where is Karen (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, the TV version is actually called Karen Peary. Yeah, so it's not, it's not like you know she's a, just a character. It's actually called just Karen. Peary. I can only assume that in later books in the series, she be- she becomes an increasingly prominent character. But it's quite mad what a small role she was given in this book. Mm. Agree. Yeah, Mads, did you see the twists? Um. Not obviously not the twist about Karen because I hadn't seen <laughs> the TV version. And did you read the book first and then watch the I read TV? the book first. Yeah. So I read the book, finished that on Sunday, and then watched the, the first episode of Karen Peary yesterday. And um because it's so fresh in my mind, I cannot stop trying to do the Scottish accent of Karen Peary. I cannot stop. I cannot stop. It's been I've been thinking about it all day. Karen Peary. <laughs> Well, I actually did. I enjoyed the TV version a lot, and I will probably finish it because I think she's fantastic. 
but yeah so I'd read the book first I I'm almost a bit annoyed that I had seen it coming that he was the killer because I think it would have been more fun not to have known and to have seen that kind of shock moment and I think the re the moment that I thought it might be him was that there was like a relatively early part of the first half where they're talking about Lawson being at the Lamas bar mm. and I realized at one point that like all of the focus was on these four boys and whether they could one of them could have snuck away and done it but also so much of it was about like their friendship and how much they loved each other even if they were all really different and that kind of purity and I just thought well it can't be one of them who else is like even remotely around and then I sort of thought well maybe it could be him because he was at the bar and he would have known Rosie uh, and then when he said that he was in his local, his car nearby, I was like, oh, yeah, definitely was him. Um, oh, that's but, uh, very impressive plucking early. I was quite pleased with myself because I then read the rest of the book. That was relatively early. And I read the rest of the book every time he was in it, just being like, oh, well, I see you. And it, I think once you think you see it, you then look at it in every scene. That he's there and think, I think I know what you're doing. Totally. So I was almost a bit annoyed that I had somewhat yeah so just to so I'm now remembering the exact moment because um I shouted oh my god <laughs> which was um it like right when you're meant to of with the paint splatters and them suddenly realizing that his caravan ceiling and he had the same caravan and that so yeah I had almost the whole book not knowing but I can imagine if you knew there were so many clues given throughout that it was him it is, I'd say it is relatively well scattered through. I don't think it's like so obvious. I think it's more like we read so many of these, you sort of see the trend, see the themes. I just was quite sus when, you know, he kept going on about, oh, it was a ritualistic, pagan ritualistic, because um, that, that does come up in the TV version. But I felt that in in the book, it was like, oh, he's saying it again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think he he caused some suspicion upon himself with how often he kept trying to make it sound like the ritual killing. And what did you think then when, was it Alex goes to the son's house? Is that what happens? Someone goes to the son's house and the picture that the son has on the wall is the Pictish cemetery and in that kind of ritualistic way that again for me felt slightly overdone of like that kind of made the sun less suspicious because it felt like it was too obvious yes I actually strangely never really suspected the sun at all I just mostly thought it, it it's either going to be Lawson or it's going to be I'm going to be so shocked that it's one of the four I also have some highlights that I'm happy to share I also totally agree by the way male heavy so male heavy and weirdly because it's like four boys at university it reminded me and not necessarily pleasantly reminded me of the little life somewhat at the beginning oh yeah that's uh yeah yeah that's like interesting and, and yeah. so much focus on the dynamics between each of them yeah, yeah. Mm. It's, um, it's interesting how different it was as a read from book for murder Yes. So Book for Murder is just all women. Yeah. So a man doesn't get to speak until, I don't know, like page 20. And it's one, it's like, hello. And then that's it. <laughs> I 
then the women get get on with it again. And which came? Which was the earlier book? So, Booked for Murder, much earlier. So, Lindsay Gordon series was her first series. So, I mean, some of this might be because of the nature of the publishing industry around what was selling. But yeah, so that first series was focused on Lindsay, who is a lesbian journalist and uh, and a feminist. And, may, you know, maybe that was just was, you know, not commercial and she had to pivot. Um, I do actually also have some highlights. Firstly, Han, you'll be pleased to see use quite a few times of your favourite words, nows slash new. <laughs> yeah, I I that. <laughs> um, thrilled by that. Also, um, I highlighted this just because I was like, I'd love to get your thoughts. So at the end, when they're doing the sort of debrief, um, and they're they're, they're I think it's the two remaining boys, Alex and weird are talking about what happened and it seems from their conclusion that Lawson the murderer genuinely doesn't want the boys to have been caught which I thought was odd because he he doesn't want them to have been caught because he feels like it wouldn't be fair no one else should be fitted for the crime but then he he does go on to kill them (laughs) yeah that's true but isn't it just sort of every everything's been diverted away from him and I was sort of under the impression that he only started killing them because he was worried that the son was too sort of diligent but that's like such a flimsy thing it's like oh I didn't want anyone I didn't want anyone to get blamed for it, but then like I kind of had to start killing you off. Like I don't feel like that's that's strong. And it's such an escalation from um he's framed as murdering Rosie as a kind of crime of passion and frustration. It's such an escalation decades later to then be cold bloodedly planning to kill these men yeah. and and seek them out and travel to other countries to kill them. Yeah, it, it does feel like there's a bit of a kind of a mismatch there in his character, yeah. doesn't it? Were you um were you satisfied by the ending, would you say? Yeah, what happened at the end? Yeah, well, I can't remember it. So they figure out that it's him, and then they're like, yeah, but it's not it's like not gonna be possible to convict him. So that's that. No, 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 but they don't have to because he does get convicted for Rosie's murder because he confesses. He cracks oh, up. I thought they said, it, like, it's only possible but if he confesses, and I don't think he does, does he? Yeah, I think he does. I think he cracks and confesses to Rosie's oh. murder. That's definitely what happens in the TV version. I'm fairly sure that's what happens in the book. But I thought the frustration was that they can't, he can't be convicted for anything else. So there's no way they've got... I thought it was more that they don't have evidence for him murdering Ziggy or murdering Mondo and and also by leading to the death right okay that makes sense because I was thinking they're talking about it and being like oh it doesn't we're not gonna be able to convict him and I was thinking but they bloody just bloody told it he just told the police (laughs) which did confuse me so 
that is slightly more satisfying. I mean, the the whole thing, the whole thing that I find quite inconsistent for the book and for the TV version, that he keeps the caravan. It is a, a foolish move for a man who knows the law like the back of his hand and really, really, really doesn't want to get caught to a to a point where he starts to kill other people in order to cover his tracks. Yeah, it's so true. It would be such a, a blindingly obvious move, wouldn't it? Of like, you, if you were going to plot like the perfect murder, you would think it would be someone from like law enforcement would know the intel. Yeah, I think it's more just like he has twenty five years, so I get why you wouldn't dispose of the caravan immediately after the event. But it seems really odd that over 25 years he didn't sell it so I got a bit of a um and they could have made more of this in the book if if she had wanted to if this was what she was trying to get at but I wondered if he got a bit of a sick thrill with that kind of dancing with Mm. with giving giving it all um with being found out so the fact that he he took one of the boys back to the caravan when he was attacked very early after the murder and that he kept the caravan, I wonder if there was a kind of sick thrill thing going on for him mm. of that. Good point. But then, to be honest, that doesn't feel consistent with his character. So, uh, yeah, I'm not completely sure about that. Not sure. Actually, that's that's a good point. When when that happened, so by this point, when that happened, I was already like, this guy's sass. I thought that when he took him back to the caravan, he was going to like take his DNA or something, and then was like, this is not a DNA era. But it, I, if that happened now, I thought he was going to, like, take his hair or something and, like, plant and it. And place it. Ah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Take his fingerprint yeah. from a cup and just, you know, make it, frame him. Yeah. I absolutely loved all of the stuff about the paint. I, mean, they- I loved it. I loved it so much. It was the best. <laughs> and then, then, then the um the man doing the paint analysis, the way he delivers it, he's like, oh yeah, no, I couldn't, I couldn't match the paint from the database that that we had. And one's like, oh, and then he goes, but I've got a friend in America who just happens to be the collector of, of who owns the biggest paint database. Informal data. Tell me about the paint database. That's what I want to know. How do we get access to the paint database? Yeah, I think he was my favourite side character, <laughs> the enthusiastic paint man. We actually often do um a bit of a chat about if we were going to do if we were going to be bit parts in the in the plot. In fact, normally just parts, but I'd say Han quite likes to be a bit part. Perhaps Rose, you could be the paint and analyst. I'd like that. I mean, I would have to up my enthusiasm. I'm an enthusiastic person, but I think I'd have to ramp it up further to to play his role. Yeah, absolutely agree. Loved his his vibe. Um, Han, who would your comedy bit part be? I'd say there's not many. Well, actually, no, not comedy bit part, but I'd want to be Jackie, the journalist. I mean, she's hardly in it, but I think she's great. My favourite bit is where um, they go to the pub and... Um, she basically just drinks her wine and then is like, yeah, okay, whatever. See, see, see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not staying for the chat. I'm going to get out of here. I love it. And yourself, Matt? Um, well, I mean, technically, Cad and Pity. She's a bit part in this. I'll be her. Mostly because <laughs> then I can 
do Pat and Pity all the time, which yeah. I'll be thrilled about. Um, do you think we're coming to scoring? Should we give it a score? I think we're coming to scoring, um, yeah. Just briefly, one thing that we haven't discussed at all is the kidnapping of the baby scene, <gasps> um, oh, which yeah. is like a whole side drama, isn't it? But I did yeah. find that section where... Alex is racing off to find the caravan and find the paint. And at the same time, his child has been kidnapped by the son of Rosie. I thought that was very gripping. Yeah. And the whole, and also that was such, you could just really imagine, you you sort of know that the snatching is going to happen. And I was just waiting. So I was thinking, oh, in the book, how is it going to happen mm-hmm. um and then when she was going into the the petrol station I was like oh no 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 well, also just like uh, no shade on anyone but uh, don't leave your car unlocked at a petrol station <laughs> that is I don't pretty- think that's shade I think that's sensible yeah well I just I would hate for any listeners to be feeling judged by me but I, oh. safe, safety advice for all you know lock safety. your doors um why is there no why is there no mention ever of the fact that Alex is going out with this 15 year old that's weird what 15 year old oh yeah she's 15 and it's like never really a thing how old is he at the time he's at the uni but I guess he might be 18 but I thought wasn't the thing that they didn't get together until later uh, I think they go like they go out when she's fifteen. They go out and he like kisses her and stuff. And I was a bit, I was a bit like, I'm not sure about that. But maybe, maybe that's part of this whole idea that we have that suspicion. Yeah, true. About, about all of them because yeah. all of them have got something in their character that is, you know, a, perhaps a bit unsettling um in terms of well not Ziggy I'd say actually not Ziggy but then obviously love Ziggy Mondo using the drugs and you you know you do think well it could anything anything <laughs> goes yeah anything could have you know could have um and actually the person the actor who plays uh Mondo in the tv version is excellent at kind of capturing that on edge sort of uh, hysteria that's clearly been created by um, various various different drugs and being sort of tetchy and mm, it's true. But also, it's what I did think. There's that whole thing about like that conversation they have right at the very end, where uh, the vicar, what's his name, Tom. Um. It's like yeah Tom's like oh the only reason that I didn't think you could have done it was because you didn't have the Land Rover keys <laughs> other than that I thought you were a murderer yeah and and sort of remained remained friends areas of all of the <laughs> boys I just want to read this bit out just to get it off my chest because I found it upsetting and anger making So this is Mondo feeling rubbish about his life and kind of moping around the house and deciding that what he needs is some sex. He says one or two of his ex, well, it says one or two of his exes would be more than happy to renew their relationship. There'd be a willing ear for his woes and it would tide him over for the holidays at least. Judith, maybe, or Liz. Yeah, probably Liz. The chubby ones were always so pathetically grateful for a date. 
they, they came across with no effort at all. He could feel himself growing hard at the thought. Mondo. Mondo. <laughs> Difficult not to think of Monzo, isn't it? I think. <laughs> I spent a lot of the time thinking about Monzo. I'll, I'll leave that with you there. <laughs> Thanks. Do you want to score? So, out um, of 10. Out of 10, we do it much like we do on Book Club. We do it, yeah, exactly. Okay. We have a moment to ponder. That's what Han seems to be doing. I'm also finding it difficult to... Okay, this is my quandary. I think there is um, potential, is what I'm thinking here. There's potential if Karen, Karen Pilly, is more in the later books. Yeah, but we are... We are... This book, so... Just throwing in um, about this idea of the how male dominated this was and may i i do think it is of note that uh, val mcdermott's latest series which is she's starting in 1979 and then she's going to follow the same character at 10 year intervals bring going up to 2009 or 19 maybe even um her lead is Ali Burns who is uh, a female journalist and obviously Val McDermott now is um a number one multi-million bestseller so perhaps sadly there is something in that that she's now able to perhaps write it's almost like she's returned to the the type of book she was writing when she first started out. So, and that's so interesting, and definitely makes me want to read her other work because I think you could absolutely tell that this book has the bones of a fantastic writer. Like she she had me gripped and turning the pages. I just would like some slightly different characters. Yeah, I really would recommend if you feel that way. I really would recommend. Um... Book for Murder, which is not the first Lindsay Gordon, but um, I think it's the third, second or third. All of them are excellent. All of them are great. The first one is Report for Murder. They're going on the list. Great. Okay, shall we Shall we score? Yes, let's score. On three, after three, after three. Yeah, okay, after three, yeah. After three. One, two, three. Oh, that's interesting. So we've all gone with six. I'm a six and a half. Oh, six and a half. I don't know if I'm allowed half points. About a half, as a guess. Well, we will allow a half point. Yeah. We don't allow ourselves, said luxury, but um, but you're a guest, so you can have what you want. <laughs> Were you both sixes? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think for the lack of Karen. We need more Karen. I did. I actually, we'll, we'll come on to it about the TV show, but I thought she was great, Karen in the TV show. She uses a phrase that I liked, which is tough time to be a Karen. Agree. 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 You can't agree because you're not a Karen. No, but I, I empathise. Okay. <laughs> One liner. Okay. Oh, so how about something about twists? Twists and turns. Um, what about also? I feel like we we all agree that there is like you know potential here, definitely. Yeah, perhaps like just need the first word to start me off. Twi- twisty, twisty, twisty. 
Okay. So twist, twist, fill, twist, fills. Twist, filled thriller. But where was Karen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about this? What about this? Okay. Twist, filled thriller with some with potential. I was thinking whether we could put a Scottish word in there because I do really enjoy how Val McDermott uses Scottish phrases. She is Scottish, by the way. Yeah, for the weather. But like, I always love it when when Trek is in there. Trek for the weather. Um, Would you like to somehow shoehorn it in? No, I don't think it works. I don't think it works. Um, So so far I've got twist-filled thriller with potential, but an absence of Karen? But needed more Karen. More Karen. Yeah. Needed more Karen. Okay. How many books have you now done in your book? Oh, this book? Yeah. Uh, I think 15. Wow. There might be one in here, one or two that are are in a different book or on my phone. I think it was one on my phone. So, yeah, quite a few. But um, for a long time, Han had the little blue book and then um, she kindly passed the baton over to me. And wow. Little blue book on it from her. An honour. Very kind. An honour indeed. One day, I'm sure it will be returned to its rightful owner. Um, okay. Anything, any AOB? I mean, Rose, you're welcome to stay around for TV Tattle. Even though you've not seen it, you're welcome to, to stay and comment, but you don't have to. I'm not going to because I want to go and watch it myself in the bath and I I don't want to um yeah I, I don't want to kind of hear too much about it before I go and enjoy yeah, it. That's true. In the bath, are you another one of these people who takes their life in their own hands and has electricity in the bath? It really it concerns me. So what I do I'll just explain my setup and then I'd love your kind of safety review of it. So we have like a little chest of drawers in the bathroom and I pull that over so it's like two feet away from the bath and then put my laptop on that. And then I have a towel, so I dry my hands on the towel before I touch anything on the laptop. So I would say I think it through quite a lot. Oh, that's, no, that's, that is, that is lovely. I like the careful toweling is very nice. I think that's, that was, I'd say a touch teacher's pet from you, to be honest. I am, I am teacher's pet through and through, Mads, you know this. (laughs) At my core. (laughs) Also, that's like, it's so delivered knowing all the things that I do, which are clearly not that. (laughs) I feel now I'm like in the naughty list. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) With my little caddy. Well, uh, I'll go off and enjoy my very safe bath. My Hannah-approved bath. <laughs> Have a lovely time. And enjoy, um, Karen. Let us know what you think. Yeah, and Will thank do. you very much. It was an absolute pleasure and a privilege. Thank you for having me. See you later. Happy chatting. Bye-bye. Basically, I'd say another fantastic addition in the TV version is, is his name Minty? (laughs) The assistant. Yeah. He is amazing. And I realise now that I have read a later Karen Piri uh, where Minty 
features in that and he has sort of the similar hapless nature and in that one he he basically gets locked in a in a cellar for hours and hours and hours no one knows he's there which feels quite quite him I do also think I appreciate him as an actor because he is um all of the things I've seen him in he plays essentially that character slightly hapless well-meaning jolly and I actually really appreciate that in a in a kind of young relatively attractive man it's kind of low ego isn't it (laughs) what I mean (laughs) it's like you know he knows what he knows what he can offer the world and it's not um you know strong male lead I'm I'm here for him (laughs) because he's also in um he's in sex education oh is he very sensitive soul in that and then he's also in Beyond Paradise which is the spin-off of Death in Paradise which we have discussed before on the show which is um, based in some sort of southwest seaside town uh, and he's like a local ruffian who makes makes bad decisions but at his heart is a good boy same same character so yeah I, I would agree he's a real highlight yeah um what did you think about how the tv version sort of depicts the the past um I was a bit like so in the book I think it takes quite a long time to build a picture of the past before it then launches into modern day and then you know at some point Karen arrives I think she arrives like 40 percent the way through the book um whereas in the tv version it's like I'd say under a minute of the past straight to modern day and you do get flashbacks but I I suspect I've only watched the first episode because it's <laughs> foolishly I didn't know the whole series is the book I thought it would be two hours for the book I was wrong but I suspect there'll be more flashbacks the later down like in the later episodes but there's not many in the first one mm. so it's I I enjoyed it I thought that the the boys that are picked to play the characters I thought did a good job um but it's not it's not particularly it doesn't feature heavily which was sort of fine because I was enjoying Karen yeah yeah def- yeah that is true and the other thing that they bring out much more in the tv version which i think is part of the overall sort of foregrounding of of the women in the tv mm. version is the role of janice hogg who is she's in the book so she is she's sort of the one of the first on the scene because she's um, a police officer's there. But in the TV version, they make much more of the fact that she is sidelined. Her sort of lines of inquiry are pushed away and she's saying things like, oh, hold on a second, shouldn't we have interviewed so-and-so? Um, and the TV brings in some sort of other witnesses that that aren't um, in the book. And then, it, and this is the same as in the book, but is it's still, still shocking. She gets married, so she leaves the police. Yeah, yeah. I was actually talking uh, about this the other day, like, because I, what I was saying is I was like, well, you know, was it illegal then? to stay in your job if you got married and it wasn't but it was just like the social expectation of it that of course yeah. you're married so you're going to leave and they'll get someone for your job and then that's yeah. just sort of an accepted social attitude 
Yeah. I also think the discussion about Janice has reminded me of one thing, which I thought was quite a significant, it's a small moment, but it's a significant departure between the book and the TV version, which I thought was actually not a good choice. In the book, the person that stays with the bod- with the girl is Ziggy, because Ziggy is a medical student and has the most chance of saving her life. Yeah. And in the, in the TV version, Ziggy's the one that leaves to go and find help. And she calls him out and said, you're a medical student. Why did you leave? Why were you the one that, that, that went, that left the scene? And it's a really strange choice to make. I wonder whether they do that to, you know, we were sort of saying, actually, Ziggy doesn't necessarily, he's probably the one that is least the least suspicious. Yeah. So if they did that to make him seem mm. a bit more suspicious. And what I can't remember in the TV version, I think that I'm fairly sure the TV version, I don't think that they find Ziggy by the church with another man. I think, I don't think in no. the TV version that happens. They just um they drive past him and they just pick him up yeah and they also the way he dies is different as well in the in the the tv version he's just hit he's hit by a, a car yeah. someone goes out of their way to hit him yeah yeah so there's lots of inaccuracies that way also in the tv version there's my mondo it's just the other three boys oh yes yeah i didn't even consider that yeah just a feature. <laughs> oh. i suppose as well they and that maybe they part of the reason is they do sort of cut out all of the american stuff don't they so there's Mm. there's no trip to seattle no true they're on a budget i think um i will finish watching it though even though i know what happens i will finish watching it i really enjoy i I think i'm actually gonna re-watch it now i've read the book it's a good shout for today's episode where we have been discussing The Distant Echo by Val McDermott with our special guest Rose. Thank you again to Rose for joining us on today's show. Next episode we will be discussing Still Life by Louise Penny, our read for Canada, one of our top five listener countries. For TV Tattle, we've also located a 2013 film version of the book, which you can find on Apple TV. You can find Still Life by Louise Penny in any good local independent bookshop and online and other places that you buy books. And if you're thinking, oh, I need a recommendation for a local independent bookshop, may we suggest the All Good Bookshop, where I'm there Tuesday afternoons. So if you send your order in then, I personally will make sure that it is delivered. Maybe I'll put something extra in the parcel. Whoa, big claim. As always, you can follow us on Instagram. We are at Missing Salmon Case. Or you can email us, missingsalmoncase at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page if you'd like to follow us. It's called The Unsolved Case of the Missing Salmon. Give it a follow. If you'd like to leave us a little review, uh, we appreciate that. You can review us anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts and others. 
This podcast was created, edited, produced by Muddyberry and Hannah Knight. Our music is sourced from Melody Loops by Jeff Harvey. Until next time, keep sleeping. <laughs>